everybody welcome in the utopia football podcast second episode of the week it is our mailbag episode h-o-u mailbag at gmail.com if you want to send us a question or a comment or any feedback or anything that's the email to do it with welcome in i'm sean pendergast one half of pain and pendergast sports radio 610 in the mornings and joining me as always the hall of famer my good friend he is our senior texans columnist at sportsradio610.com and he is of course part of gallerysports.com as well john mcclain john how are we doing John, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing awesome, John. Back from spring training, back from India, as we talked about on our episode earlier this week. And now we've got uh, free agency coming up next week. We've got a bunch of mailbag questions from people that we're going to get to on the show here about a variety of things. People really, really... John, what I've learned is that when you root for a team that needs a quarterback and there's quarterbacks to be had in this draft and you have the second overall pick, then people are very emotional about it about this topic and i'm guessing you're noticing that as well with your various interactions on social media and with your platforms that you write for is um where people have their opinions on this thing john the best i can tell is that it seems like it's stock even on bryce young from before the combine stock up on cj stroud and stock up on anthony richardson with all sorts of caveats that we're still not sure he can throw the football accurately enough to stay in the nfl that's great points, and, of course, the Texans aren't taking Anthony Richardson. i tell you something, and we don't know this because there's no way Nick Casario's going to let this out. But, you know, Casario's with the Patriots when they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, traded him to the 49ers. Miko Ryans was with the 49ers when they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, and he watched him win some games. Bobby Slowick, the new offensive coordinator who came from the 49ers, he was with Garoppolo. So what would it be if they turned around and signed Jimmy Garoppolo as a free agent and had Davis Mills backup and drafted a quarterback low that had some kind of trait that they liked and used the second overall pick on Alabama edge rusher Will Anderson Jr.? I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think that they're thinking this is the last time we're going to pick this high. And we love Bryce Young. We love C.J. Stroud. And they know they're going to get one of them. You never love people equally. But this would be a perfect scenario. And draft your franchise quarterback. Yeah, You don't want to trade with the Bears. The Bears, uh, Ryan Paul's general manager, told Peter King he's trying to get an extra one this year, a one in 25 and a lot more. Well, you don't do that to swap one spot. And the thing is, too, this hasn't been talked about a lot, what if the Texans like Stroud first Mm -hmm. and the Colts like Stroud first? We're all thinking the Colts want to trade up to get Bryce Young. Well, what if it's Stroud? The only way you're guaranteed of getting the one person you have rated the highest would be to trade. But with a team that needs as much as the Texans do, I hope Nick Casario gets extra picks, doesn't have to give up extra picks. And truthfully, after for the longest time, I wanted him to get Bryce up. And now after listening to people talk about Stroud, looking at his career carefully, watching some of his games, watching him throw, listening to his interviews, 
I would have no problem with either one of those guys. I would have a problem with Will Levis. I think all this talk about, you know, Mel Kuyper's had him number one all along. The only reason Kuyper would have him number one after the combine is because Mel's hard-headed. Yeah. And, uh, I don't see that. So I don't want him drafting Levis or Richardson. I want one of the first two. Um. John, you and I'm not disagreeing with you here about Anthony Richardson and the Texans, but I'm curious, and I'm sure listeners are, you're stating it as if it's fact. The Texans are not taking Anthony Richardson. I know that's your opinion. Um, why do you have that opinion that they won't take him? Because he is a boomer bust prospect, and if you draft him second overall, you could set your franchise back five years if he doesn't become a great quarterback to match his athletic ability. What people have seen on the field – He's not worth the second overall pick. But if you like him in the pajama game, as Dan Campbell calls it, then, of course, he's going to be great. But they knew all that stuff going in about it. And, and uh, But I, there's no way he's going to go in the top one or two when you complete 54%. People are talking about he's like Cam Newton. Campbell Newton won a national championship at Bland. He won a national championship at Auburn. He had so much more experience than Richardson does. And Richardson needs to go somewhere where they have a good starting quarterback with a good quarterback coach, a good coordinator with a system that fits him. And then a patient owner who's not going to fire that staff after two years and bring in somebody else Richardson's got to start over with. And uh, I don't know. Frank Reich and the Panthers, to me, it's his first year. Frank is a good guy. He's a good coach. He's a good offensive coach. It's not his fault that Andrew Luck retired. Panthers seem to me to be the ideal spot for Anthony Richardson. You know what draft pick, John, in the top 10, what choice is getting no attention right now, like zero attention, is the, the Lions picking at six. I've heard nothing about conjecture or it's a spot that could be a target for teams to trade up and maybe get a, an Anthony Richardson or anything like Every other pick in the top 10 has some sort of smoke on it. Even Seattle's pick at five, which they basically did the same thing. They traded with a team that wanted a veteran quarterback. They're, they're, they traded Russell Wilson, and lo and behold, look at this first-round pick they have. It's in the top five. Similarly, Detroit trades Matthew Stafford for that first-round pick, and they're picking in the top six. Could, could you see either Seattle or Detroit drafting Anthony Richardson? Seattle's got Geno Smith. He's coming off the best season of his career. He's unrestricted. Uh, I talked to two people in the organization. They want to re-sign him mm -hmm. and think they'll re-sign him, but you don't know. You know, he knows that's going to be his last contract. Does he try to get more than they want? Would they franchise him? I don't get him for $32 million a year or whatever it is. And I'm not sure about that. If you asked before last season, if you said the Lions are going to be picking where they are, what position, oh, they need quarterback. Yep. But Jared Goff played pretty well, and they were among the highest-scoring teams. And they their defense, while awful early under former Texan Aaron Glenn, in their 8-2 finish, they gave up 20 points a game. But most people think they're going to take a defensive player. But it's not – once you get past Will Anderson and Jalen Carter – uh, it's not a great draft for defensive players. Tyree Wilson from Tech is supposed to be the next one, but he's coming off a broken foot. And there are a couple of good corners, but the Lions, if 
say Jalen Carter fell and the Lions took him, while they get a lot of worry about his character, the fact is Dan Campbell's so hot right now. Anything he does in Detroit, people are all for it. Yeah. Could they trade down with somebody like Carolina? Yes. I think everything's possible for the Lions because right now they want defense and more defense to go with their outstanding offense. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting top 10. I mean, with, the, with these quarterbacks and they each have flaws and you got all these teams that are looking to potentially move up or move back, it's going to be – draft night's going to be crazy, John. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Free agency begins on Monday. Legal tampering begins Monday. Teams can start signing guys that are not their own free agents on Wednesday of next week, I believe, the 15th of March. Um, John, what do you think the Texans are most – we got in this mailbag question from a bunch of people, so I apologize. I'm not crediting any one of you specifically, but – We've gotten this variation of question, John, over the last month or so at various times. What what are the priorities for the Texans, do you think, in free agency when, when it starts up next week? They have they have so many needs on both sides of the ball. Um, they need a center. Now, John Michael Smith of Minnesota is by far the best center in the draft, but I don't see them using the first rounder or second rounder on a center. That's why I'm not sure – who they would be interested in, but uh, it's not going to be Justin Brett. Uh, no. Justin Brett, he's done. And and then uh, it's not going to be Quisenberry again. It's going to be a center. And if you, if you have a line with two veteran tackles and your left guard struggle as a rookie, to me, you don't need a rookie center. You need a veteran center who is smart, and has a history of success working with the guys next to him. And they may have a new right guard over A.J. Can, But I think center is one of the positions. And if you look, this is a great draft for tight ends. Texans need a tight end. But I still could see them signing a tight end in free agency. They need another safety. That's a good position in free agency. Pass rushers, you know, teams don't let pass rushers go. So I don't see him adding a pass rusher. I think that's a priority in the draft. It's not a deep position for, say, the 12th overall pick. But when you get to the bottom of the first round or early in the second, it is. And um, so I think it would be center. I think it would be tight end and safety. And maybe another linebacker to play with Christian Harris. And i tell you something nobody's talking about. This is back to the draft because I just thought about it, Sean. Before Hendon Hooker blew out his knee, people were talking about him being a first-round pick. Well, he's he's gonna he's 25 years old, which means he wouldn't play till he's 26 because he's not going to play as a rookie. But if he were a first-round pick before his knee injury, why wouldn't he be a first-round pick after his knee injury? Because knee injuries don't hurt people. They just slow them down, and some of them come back better than ever. I'll bet you Hendon Hooker ends up going to the bottom of the first round with a, from a team that can sit him for a year. And he's going to be 26 by the time he plays. But if he plays this 35, that's a 10-year career. And guys play later than that now. So I just thought about that. I think there are going to be five quarterbacks going in the first round. Back hmm. to free agency, I don't see them. Domenico Ryan's Nick Serio talking about they need two quarterbacks. Well, they need one who's going to be the franchise quarterback. And I'm guessing if they're keeping Davis Mills as a backup, they might draft one in a lower round 
uh, or maybe they signed another veteran, but boy, they had three veterans last year and that didn't work out worth squat. Nope. Sure. Didn't. Uh, all right, John, let's get to some mailbag questions here. Um, we, if you want to email the, the show, H O U mailbag at gmail.com. Uh, we got a little baseball and a little football mixed in the mailbag. Good. John. Yeah, yeah. We'll start with some football though. This is from Bruno in downtown. The four class of 2020 QBs eligible for an extension are Joe Burrow, Tua Tungavailoa, Justin Herbert, and Jalen Hurts. Rank them in the order you would be most inclined to give a big extension to them. So, John, I, I think we can both agree Joe Burrow is at the top of that list, right? Joe Burrow would be first. I would put Jalen Hurts number two, uh, Justin Herbert number three, and who else besides Tua? Tua. Just Tua. T- Two would be four because he was great last year before he got hurt. Yeah, they had the best downfield passing game in the NFL. Had six touchdown passes, I believe, in one game. But the problem of the concussions, it looks like they're not going to try to sign him now. They're going to wait and see if he can stay healthy. Yeah, John, I think you could argue these concussions are costing Tua, you know, $100 million right now. I think if he had stayed healthy and played the way they showed, no time what he'd be getting this offseason. They yeah. want to wrap him up. And and uh, I took Hertz ahead of Herbert just because of what he's accomplished, how far he's come as a second-round pick. But, man, these guys, you know, these guys keep making so much money. But you sign them earlier than later. And I think Burrow, of course, right now Burrow's considered – Number two behind Patrick Mahomes. How many? T- you know, John. It's I. This is a conversation I'm, I think very few people thought we would be having. And I know Jalen Hurts just came, you know, within three points of winning a Super Bowl. But man, everybody's just so hepped up about Justin Herbert still. Even three years in, he's never won a playoff game. He's only played in one playoff game where they coughed up a twenty-seven nothing lead to the Jags. I would be interested to know, like, if 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 Hurts and Herbert were both available. In free agency, a total hypothetical world. Which one would be getting more run, Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts? I think it would probably be Herbert because of his classic size, arm strength, personality. And he can run, but I think people would look at Jalen Hurts and say, hmm, am I going to give him a five-year contract for $50 million a year when he yeah. runs as much and risks injury? That'd be the only reason because – Herbert was destined all along. Ever since he was a sophomore at Oregon, people knew he was going to be a high pick, and Hertz had to do it the hard way. All right, next one, John. This is from Jimmy and Tomball. He said, can you please have McLean give a thumbs up or thumbs down for each of the MLB rule changes? All right, so, John, he's got them listed here. There's four of them. Uh, the shift, the, the no more shift rules. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. You like that one. Okay. Uh, pitch clock. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Man, John, are you, have you been following how much shorter these Astro games have been in the in spring training? I love it. It's, dude, from being there, it is it is fast. It moves quick. You, Hey, I know you like to live tweet things, John. Live tweeting with a pitch clock is almost impossible to do. There's still, I saw a thing on the internet while you were over there last week of two pitchers side by side, one in spring training, got – uh, three outs in two minutes. Another one from last year. Yeah, didn't get, didn't throw one pick, one batter in two minutes because yep. the batter either stepped out or he stepped off. I'm so glad they're eliminating that. What's the next one? 
the well, this is sort of a corollary of the pitch clock, but the enforcement of the Luis Garcia rock the baby pitching motion. Uh, yes, absolutely. Garcia's pitched well without doing it. Sure has. Um, bigger bases. Yeah, bigger bases are fine. The one I don't like, I would give two thumbs down to, would be the throwovers to first base. Oh, yeah. Preposterous. Yeah. yeah, limiting that. Yeah, I would agree with that. So two thumbs down on that. All right, thank you for the question, Jimmy. Chris in the ATL, loyal listener, he said, there's usually a concern with slow starts if key players – deal with injuries or limited or missed spring training. Could this concern be heightened since spring training this year is even more important for players to get used to the pitch clock and how that impacts their routines on the field? Specifically for the Astros, should we be more concerned with Jordan's or Lance's injuries leading to an even slower start because they haven't worked themselves, not only are they working themselves back from injury, but they've got to get used to the pitch clock. John, are you worried about slow starts for guys who haven't had a chance to experience these rules? I am. I am, but of the injuries I'm most worried about is McCullers because he's hurt every year. Yeah. And even though there's no structural damage in his elbow, it's still the elbow that's had injury issues. And Alvarez just said his hands sore. And uh, Dusty talked about having four operations on his hands because they were sore too, and it just happens when you grip and swing as much as you do. But Alvarez, he doesn't step out and pick up dirt in his hands like Tucker, of course, Tucker could could alleviate that issue if he wore gloves all the time, and or Altuve. Altuve and Tucker are the two who spend the most time out of the box, and then Alvarez and Tucker, to me, are going to benefit the most from those shift. Because you think about how many times you saw the, them hit into the shift. Oh. Did you see? We talked about this at one point, and I asked Dana Brown about it. And he didn't think said no way it'll happen, but it has. On a strictly pull hitter like Joey Gallo, take the left fielder and put him in short right like the shortstop or the second baseman used to do, and you still have a shift, but it's legal. And I'm wondering after a year – now, if Gallo would hit it to left field, it wouldn't be an issue. It would roll around forever, Johnny. Might get yeah. it inside the park home run. <laughs> so the third baseman would have to track it down in the <laughs> left field corner. But it sure is interesting – and I can't wait till the season starts because there will be violations. But it's good. It's it's. I'm always fired up about baseball because it's baseball. Now I'm fired up because the Astros defending champion. They have everything it takes to to repeat as champion, and also because of the new rules and who's it going to cause problems for and who's not. Hunter Brown told me he said it's not an issue. I used it last year. Once you get used to it, it's fine. Then he goes out, stinks it up in his first appearance and he has a couple of issues all right john next one uh again you can email us questions hou mailbag at gmail oh chris had one more john unrelated question with both of you being on the road and i think he's talking about last week he sent this last week what item or best practice would you recommend to others for travel do you have any uh john you've been doing a lot of traveling lately is there anything in particular that you do that you would advise people when they travel either that has to do with airports or packing or cheat codes that you have at hotels and things like that? Well, first of all, I always fly United. I always, almost always stay in Marriott's and uh, at the Astros, I stayed in a Spring Hill suite. That was the worst Marriott property I've ever stayed in. <laughs> really? Because it's so close to the ballpark. Well, well, hold on, hold on, John. Why was it so bad? It was just a dump. 
Oh, okay. It was just it was a dump, and the and the people anyway. Don't yeah. I I quit worrying about it, and uh, next year I I I told Christian Lewis who went with me to shoot videos. I don't care how far away we are. We ain't staying here again. Yeah. And I go because of construction in Intercontinental. I'll be dead by the time it's finished in twenty years. But because of all that, you know, you should go early. I always go early anyway. I would rather sit in the airport and read. Yes. Whether it's the President's Club or at the gate, than rush in traffic in Houston and worry about construction there. And uh West Palm Beach has the worst rental car facility that I that I know of. So just be prepared for delays and problems there if you go to Astro Spring Training. Another thing I would recommend is go when I went. I've always been to spring training when you went and games are going on. Mm-hmm. But go in that first part where there's no games. And I was stunned, Sean, there weren't more fans because the fans who were there can walk right up to the players, can stand there and watch them hit and throw and get closer to them at any time during a game. And it's so relaxed. They sign autographs. That was great. John, do, first. do fans have to buy tickets for that week or do they just go to the fields? You know, I have no idea. I didn't yeah. pay attention to that. I saw him come through the Field of Dreams gate, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it cost him anything. Okay. I would imagine it does, <laughs> seeing as everything costs something these days. But um, nevertheless, the including, I, yeah. including if you are a player for the Cardinals and you want to eat at the facility, that costs. We yeah. got to mention that NFLPA survey of 1,300 players yep. in all kind of in eight categories pertaining to how players treated. And I wonder who those national media idiots who's wondered why anybody would want to play for the Texans because they fired David Culley and Lovey Smith back to back. They finished fourth in the NFL in the way they treat players. Yep. And they had multiple A's. The lowest grade was one B. The second lowest was B plus. And I'll guarantee you teams are going to use that in free agency. Kansas City was 29th. So Kansas City can always say, hey, it doesn't matter how bad we treat we, our players. Come play with Patrick Mahomes and for Andy Reid. But the yeah. Cardinals, if you're competing with the Cardinals for a player, you say, hey, here's how the union players graded us compared to them. And I'll guarantee you they will be uh, giving meals for free from now on. Can you believe they deducted it from players' checks to eat at the facility? It's crazy. That's crazy. No, John, I think the biggest number to come out of that, and we're a little off the beaten path. Chris, I'm going to get back to my answers to your travel question here in a second. But um, I think the biggest number to come out of that report card you're talking about, for those who haven't seen it, Google it. It's an NFLPA survey they did of 1,300 players rating their employers on eight different categories of off the field stuff, you know, locker room, weight training, nutrition, how families get treated, travel on the road, all those things. And the Texans did really well. As John pointed out, they were fourth. I think the biggest thing that came out of that, John, for the Texans, 97% of the Texans that were surveyed for that believe that Cal McNair will do whatever it takes financially to, to win a Super Bowl. Well, that is very good for Cal. People around the country would be shocked. Another thing that came out of that, they're the only team that doesn't have a sauna or steam, and I'll guarantee you they'll have one next season. They'll get one. Yeah, you're right. No, Cal probably saw that and was on the phone with a sauna and steam room company the next day. That's 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 how they operate. They're they're really really good at taking care of their players. 
Now they just got to win football games. Um, my travel recommendations, John, other than the ones that you did, which are excellent. And by the way, I like getting to the airport early. I enjoy drinking in airport bars. I mean, like, I really do. Like, I like sitting there and you come across the occasional stranger and you chat about your uh, your road warrior mentality that you've got from traveling. That comes from my days in sales where I spent like, literal, like, if you add up the amount of time I spent in airports, it's probably like a year of my life, like that much back in the day. John, two things. Always check for the possibility that your flight was overbooked because you can get on that list and win some, uh, you know, get some of that uh a little uh, airline cheddar. You know, if you're if you have an, a free schedule, a flexible schedule, and you want to get bumped, you can get a lot of money for getting bumped these days. You know, um, so that two. This is something that Amy put me on. Put your shoes. Amy has little separate bags inside the suitcase to put your shoes in because the bottom of your shoes are disgusting, and you don't want them touching your clothes. So get little bags to place your shoes in inside your big bag. Or you do what I do. You just wear the same shoes all the time every well, day. Well, John, some people have style, okay? Women. Women have to have more than one pair of shoes. So I would brought more than one pair of shoes, so I'm basically a woman is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. All right. Two more, John. Let's do these. Um, back to the drafts. This is from Ryan Fish. He says, I have a hot take. Hear me out. Bears might trade out of the number one pick. Uh Oh, no, thousands of Texans fans exclaim, but Nick Casario and D'Amico have other ideas. They package the Browns pick, the 12th pick, and two second-rounders and move up with the Bears to draft Will Anderson and uh, a QB at number two. Texan fans jump for joy and a new era of Texans football begins. I don't think two twos is going to get you up from 12 to one. But, John, I guess just a broader question um, – how much maneuvering do you think Nick is going to do with these two picks? If you had to, if you had to guess, if you had to guess, yes or no, do the Texans stay at two and twelve and make and make the selections, or they move off of one or both of those picks? What would you easy? What I think if they're going to, you know, they're going to deal one, it would be the twelfth one. Right, but do you think they will? Do you, what do you think the chances are that that he makes a trade with with the twelfth pick? Uh, I th- oh, I think the trade for the 12th pick, there's a good chance of that because they they need uh, they need to bolster their defensive line something terrible. D'Amico said it all starts up front. You got to dominate on both sides of the ball, and they need an end and they need a tackle. And it's not it's not a great draft. I could see them dropping down and taking a speed rusher. Uh, from there and picking up an extra pick. Yeah, I do too. I think if if something's going to happen, it's trading, it's trading back with the twelfth pick. Like if I yeah. had the, if you if you had four scenarios that involved moving picks, moving up off of two to one, moving down from two, or moving up from twelve, or moving down from twelve. I think moving down from twelve isn't. They did it last year with the Kenyon Green pick. You know, they moved from thirteen down to fifteen. I think that's the overwhelming favorite of those four scenarios, right, John? I agree. Yep. All right, last one. This is from Dave Howard. He says, last week, John said my take on Alabama quarterbacks was one of the dumbest things he's ever heard. I sort of feel like I'm in a club now. (laughs) That's good. Uh, He said, well, I'm hearing dumber things. Anthony Richardson, based on his performance at the Underwear Olympics, is apparently now considered a top two QB in the draft. Some are insisting the Texans take him at two, even as they acknowledge that his throwing accuracy is a project. I say third round tops. What say you? I guess, John, just to – you and I have recorded multiple episodes today, so I can't remember if we've 
given predictions or um, where we think the Anthony Richardson train could stop in the draft on this episode or not. So the floor is yours. Did Dave say third round? Third round, John. Dave, I can honestly say this is the first time I've ever done this with somebody two times in a row. Give it to him, John. That is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Yeah, Dave, you're already in the club. You don't have to keep sending us stupid stuff, all right? Dave's the president now. <laughs> of the dumbest, dumbest thing John's ever heard, club. <laughs> where, where is the but, – but along those lines, John, I mean, most of the mock drafts I see have Anthony Richardson getting taken in the top ten. I've seen a few with him getting taken in the teens. I have seen at least one. I was a little surprised, but I have seen one mock draft. He wasn't in there to the point where I'm like, okay, did this guy just make a mistake? And then I look, it was for draftcountdown.com, I think. And I looked at his big board, and it turns out he has Anthony Richardson like in the 50s on his big board somewhere, right? And we know how that works. The big With quarterbacks, you can be way down on a big board but still get drafted fairly high because it's such a specific need. Um but I, but I have seen a, a mock draft or two that have Richardson going in the second round. What's the lowest you've seen out of all the speculation that you've seen about him? Well, I've never heard a draft countdown, and so I think he'll go in the top ten. And what mm-hmm. we saw before the combine, you got to throw it away, yeah, because now people are going to reevaluate him, even though everybody knew he had a great arm and athletic, and he was going to weigh almost two forty, weigh two forty. One of the things that impressed me the most was the camera behind him mm-hmm. when he threw deep. And, you know, no quarterback ever throws a 70-yard pass in the air. You don't have to. Right. Nobody does that in the NFL. You don't have time to throw like that. But the effortless motion he made when he threw those deep passes down the right side was amazing. It kind of reminded me of Jamarcus Russell. He threw an 80-yard oh pass at his pro day, and everybody was – Ooing and eyeing about Jamarcus Russell, his size, his speed, his arm strength. And Al Davis did what a lot of scouts said don't do because the kid will eat himself out of the league if he doesn't have somebody with a thumb on him all the time. He took him in the high in the first round. He turned out to be the second biggest busted quarterback in NFL history to Ryan Lee. Man, yeah. <laughs> you do. I think Richardson's going in the tie. I don't think he'd slip past. Carolina and Frank Wright. Okay. Um, all right. So if you want to send in a question to the mailbag, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com is how you get that job done. John, uh, good stuff as always. And uh, what do you have going on on your various platforms this week? Well, first of all, I want to tell Dave Howard and Austin, Dave, don't go for the hat trick next week. I know do you're it. a lot, don't lot smarter than that. I read your questions you sent to me for years. When I was at the Chronicle for my mailbag, usually they're really good and on target. Mm. And uh, I've got more combine columns. I've got more Astros coming up. And I've got combine winners and losers coming up on gallerysports.com. Plus, I've got uh, on Sports Radio 610, I'll be right about the combine and the Texans quarterbacks, which we just talked about more in depth. And I also want to point out, Christian Lewis, who works with me at Gallery Sports shooting videos, he shot 38 videos at the Combine. He did a really, really good job, and I want to thank him for all his hard work. Good stuff. Way to go, Christian. Nice job. John, I feel like if Dave used to send in really good questions to you and now he sends in really dumb questions, I feel like the only variable that's been injected into this scenario is me. 
So I feel partially responsible that I might. Did I make? Do you think I made Dave dumber possibly by him listening to our podcast? No, I think Dave's an experienced veteran. And I'll tell you this: I met Dave in person because he came to Waco when I was inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. So I'll oh, cool. always have a soft spot in my heart for Dave Howard from Austin. Yeah, no, he. And I'm he listens- sorry, Round Rock. He'd be offended. Dave Howard from Round Rock, not Austin. <laughs> yeah, no, I, he uh, he's a loyal listener to the station too. So we, Dave, we appreciate you, and I think John should show you a little more respect with your questions. There's no such thing as a, okay. That that was yeah, the third round was a little dumb. Uh, John, good stuff as always. I enjoyed it this week. Always, Sean. Thank you very much. Good stuff. And we we thank Figgy Fig. We would not be able to get this podcast out to you without him. Like literally, we wouldn't because John and I don't know how to do it. So Figgy does. That's why he's so valuable when he gets it out ahead of time. <laughs> so, uh, so we thank him for getting you this podcast. And we thank all of you for listening. Hit that subscribe button. You'll get this podcast automatically to whatever device it is you send your or you listen to your podcasts on. And um, and we appreciate it. We will next talk to you guys next week, right in advance of free agency. John and I are figuring out our recording schedule for next week. I've got a trip to New York. John's got a Vegas trip coming up, so we're going to get it all figured out. We will. We promise you, we will have some content for you guys for the first week of free agency. We'll get that all figured out. That's our problem. Um, so we will get that figured out. Thank you to all of you for listening. Thank you to the, the Hall of Famer John McClain for him and myself, Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Utopia Football Podcast.